What's up guys, this is Chris from Lost in Comics. Today we have a really cool episode for you. We had a sit-down interview with Chris Barcombe, who is the creator of The Adventures of Superior Sam. It's an all-ages comic book that deals with an amputee young boy who is a superhero. Uh, it's a super cool book, some really good lessons in that book, and that book is currently at eight issues. Um, but I will let him do all the talking on that as we get into the interview. Uh, we really enjoyed this episode. Uh, Chris is a really cool guy, super knowledgeable on comic books, and we will definitely be having him back. Make sure you like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on social media. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Lost in Comics. And don't forget to do that. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Give it a full listen. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, there are good people in the world, and Chris is definitely one of them. Enjoy the show. All right, so we have Chris Barcom, which is the creator of Superior Sam, an awesome comic that uh, I really... I want to hear a lot about what you have to say about it, Chris, but man, this is something that has definitely impacted me in reading uh, the eight issues that you have out so far. But uh, for everybody that doesn't know who you are, why don't you, uh, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? So uh, my name is Chris Markham. I'm a retired Virginia police officer. I live in Stanton, Virginia, and I do an all-ages kids comic called The Amazing Adventure of Superior Sam. That's about a little boy who's an amputee superhero without any superpowers. Awesome. Awesome, man. And uh, so, man, we'll get into, I want to get into the book a little bit deeper here in just a bit, but, um, you know, let's, let's start off with a little bit about more about you. Um, why don't you tell us what, what's your favorite movie, Chris? Got a favorite movie? So, well, if I'm going to pick like all times a movie, it's probably going to be a toss up between Goonies, Home Alone, and oh. maybe The Sandlot. Okay. All right. <laughs> but if, you, if you're going to get me to pick like a favorite Marvel movie or like superhero movie, it's probably going to be Captain America, the first Avenger. Ooh, nice. So, first Avenger. Yeah. So, I, 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 I enjoy any <laughs> Marvel movie that I can rewatch. That's most of them, I guess. Right? Yeah. Most of them are yeah. pretty good. So, uh, did you do the so last when when the when Endgame came out? Did you do a full rewatch of all the movies, or did you just kind of have them in your in your knowledge already? Well, I, I had them in my knowledge, but I did like pregame. I did like Infinity War and like made sure I was kind of on par for what was to come. Like I did the movies that I thought were relevant. So I didn't do everything. I just did like Infinity War, Guardians. Um, I did Winter Soldier, just a few here and there that I thought, and Avengers, the first one, uh, that okay. I had seen that I thought might tie in with some time travel. Gotcha. For me, Captain America, Winter Soldier, that's that's definitely, as far as the Cap movies go, man, that one's, that is my favorite, man. Um, but the first Avengers, definitely, that's, it's up there for sure. Uh, I think I'm a little old school. Yeah. I like the Blade. I mean, those are Marvel movies where Blade, Blades are. <laughs> he doesn't come out of he doesn't come out in the Avengers, uh, you know, uh, Infinity War or anything like that. Yeah, those are definitely some of my favorite Marvel movies. But uh, hey, you know, I wanted I wanted to try this out, uh, Chris. I wanted to uh, I want to give you uh, a question here and give me your first your first answer of, of what of of your choice here. I just want to see you know uh, where you're where you're at. You know, uh, so so real quick as quick as you can. Elvis or Beatles? Elvis. Batman or Superman? Batman. Favorite Godfather movie? 
Part one. Mario or Luigi? <laughs> Mario. All right. Uh, who would win in the fight? Batman or Iron Man? Batman. <laughs> nice. nice. So that's a little just to break the ice, you know. Um, We're actually going to do a uh, personality test on you <laughs> and uh, see where you rank among the people that we've known in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know what movies I got to rewatch first because I haven't seen Godfather <laughs> in a few years. Yeah, yeah same, same here, man. But those, yeah, those are classics. I watch it every Father's Day, so I'm kind of current with the. I watch the trilogy every Godfather's if I can. Every God, every uh, Father's Day, so. It's cool. I'd have to check to see if my girlfriend's ever actually seen any of them. <laughs> if she has, then I, I think you're gonna dump her, man. <laughs> nah, that's not her world, so she, yeah. she'll be fine. Get, get her on board, and get her on board. Um, so Chris, um, tell us a little bit about how you got into comics is it something that you've been doing your whole life or you've been a fan since you were a kid or tell us a little bit about your origin story so for me i got i started reading comics when i was about nine ten years old um like every good comic fellow i fell out of it in like middle school high school when girls started to come around right and then it was about 2012 it was um right after i got hurt and i had had my first surgery I was given a copy of Captain America, the winter soldier by Ed Brubaker, Steve Epting Mm -hmm. while I was in the hospital because people Mm -hmm. knew I liked the movies. So I was given the comic. I don't remember who gave it to me. It was just one of those gifts that I got Mm -hmm. for while I was in the hospital and I read it and I was like, Oh man, this is really good. And from there I just started picking it back up and really comics for me in a lot of ways kind of gave me motivation, gave me a little hope and, you know, kind of changed my outcome, you know, because I was going through a real tough portion of my life when I got back into comics. Okay. Okay. So is that what, uh, what basically made you fall in love? Is that was, that was your first experience with falling in love with comics then? Was it, it was that? Yeah. Cause it's funny when I was a kid, you know, I read, you know, we got all our comics from the Seven Eleven. He had like the rack with a couple random books, but for me it was like death of Superman was the big thing when all the stores had it. And I remember getting Death of Superman and I remember getting like random Marvel books and Spawn was a big one. Mm. Like I had a lot of the early image comics, but then it was when I got back into it, it was all cap and it's been all cap ever since for me. So, so did you keep all your, all your, you know, the first time around or did you get rid of it once you, once you fell out of it, did you kind of just. No, I had a lot of them. I had a short box worth of comics when I came back into it from when I was a kid. So. Um, the worst part is though, like most of them were coverless or, you know, <laughs> I'd written on them or I drew over them. And like, I was looking, I was like, wow, I bought six, you know, three third printings of death of Superman. I guess I never had a clue. Like, you know, and like one of them that always stuck up for me was adventures of Superman number 500. None of the stores where I lived in, in Ohio got that issue. And I was trying to do all the reign of Superman stuff. Mm-hmm. trying to read the story well the arcade actually got it and i remember spending it cost 500 tickets to get the comic wow. so you can imagine how much money i spent trying to get 500 <laughs> tickets yeah. yeah yeah and now working in a comic book store i i have so many copies of that book that walk in the door i think we have like 13 or 14 copies in like the back issue area that i'm like good god what was i thinking back then you know <laughs> all right like many things, number like, when, we're, when we're kids, we don't we don't realize the stuff that we're, we have in our hands is going to be worth something one one day. You know, we're when I'm messing it up or not taking care of it yeah. like we should. You know, 
Now, some of the highlights that I do have from when I was a kid was I still have my Coca-Cola Mail-Away Marvel Mini Comics, and they're in pretty good shape. And yeah. I do still have my complete Marvel superheroes trading cards from 91 and 92, I believe. Oh, nice. So I did manage to keep all of those in really decent shape. So, so you got some history then. That's good. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> Speaking of uh, things that you don't realize when you're a kid, just one time I went to Taco Bell when I was, uh, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine, and uh, I bought some curly fries with a $2 bill. Like I was like, I was like, oh, I don't care. Just get rid of this two dollar bill. Now you don't. Now you don't see those two dollar bills in circulation very more. Uh, just a little random. Or Taco Bell's. Right. <laughs> I don't really Taco no. Bell. Um, well, considering I remember when the Taco Bell opened in my town, for one thing. <laughs> but I have a grandmother that gave two dollar bills for most of my life, and I have a customer who gets one for like every holiday. So okay. he always comes in with a $2 bill. So I, I actually do see it still quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I very rarely will see a $2 bill, but um, yeah, I wish I had, I wish I had more of them, but um, so you mentioned that you like, you know, it, so Captain America is your favorite, uh, your favorite character. Uh, I did see your, I think I saw a picture today on Twitter of all the books that you, that you picked up today. Uh, you, you're, you're a little bit like us. You got books. You got indie books in there. I think I saw Philadelphia on there. Yeah, and I made sure to read it because I knew you guys would bring it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do What do you think of uh, What do you think of Philadelphia? Oh, I've been enjoying the series. The art is, you know, it fits the series very well. It's got that dark right. undertone. I like yeah. that they they have a little history into it, and I mm -hmm. liked that in this issue you got a little more of the backstory which was something I thought the first two issues kind of lacked a little bit. So yeah. I was very pleased. But for me, like my pickup of the week was the Olympia number three. Um, mm -hmm. It's been a fantastic book and it's just gone under the radar. You know, we only have, so to give you an idea the shop that I help out at and I get all my books from, it's very superhero heavy. Gotcha. Um, Batman's the highest pull book. It pulls 36 copies a month, you know, when it comes out. Okay. But to give you an idea, Philadelphia has eight people. Oh, wow. But then, like, Olympia has two. It's just me and another guy that I got into the book, and he loves it as well. Awesome. So it's, like, really kind of weird. Wow. That is, yeah. That I mean, Batman is obviously going to be heavy everywhere. But, man, yeah, you, Philadelphia, I mean, that's the uh, – here at our local comic book store, you cannot find a, a number one. You couldn't find a number one, I would say, even, you know, three days, three days after it came out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, different demographics, I, I suppose. But uh, well, I just went to a store actually. I was down in Richmond, Virginia, which is about two hours from where I live. Two and a half hours was this store, and they had stacks of number one of that in Undiscovered Country. And they're like, "Yeah, we really pride ourselves on having number ones." And I was like, wow. "Yeah, I can tell." Like they still had like thirty, <laughs> forty copies of Once in Future number one. Wow. I was like, people yeah. are paying like triple cover price for these books and you just have stacks of them right and were they selling you know, but if, cover price yeah they were all cover price wow. but if you drive so where i'm at it's kind of a weird area to give you an idea i'm kind of in like the corner of an l the letter l so my comic shop is about 20 minutes north of me there's another comic shop that's about 40 minutes north of that and then there's a comic shop that is 40 minutes south, like if you were going the other direction east of me. 
So if I go east, that shop's a big indie comic shop. So indie books are their big sellers. But if I go then it, to my shop, it's all superheroes. And then if I go north, it's the what you expect. It's that nice, like, even split. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. Um, yeah, I also yeah, I saw a lot of interesting books in that, in that stack. I saw um, Animosity was another one that I saw on there. That, yeah, uh, I've been reading that since it came out. I get almost every Aftershock book. I'm a big yeah. Aftershock fan. Okay, okay. Very nice. Yeah, I have read the first trade of Animosity. I have never, uh, never read the series, but I really enjoyed the first trade. And, and I'm, I'm curious if it continues to be just as good as those first few issues all the way through. So I enjoy the book. It's pro- it's Aftershock's longest running book. You know, they usually do a lot of minis, but it's this is the longest running, probably with Dark Red being the second one. Not Dark Red. Um, oh, um, Baby Teeth. The Donnie Case book. Yes, yes, yeah. But what's funny is, is it it kind of goes after the first like three three volumes. It gets a little like weirder, kind of. But I was like, it yeah. still works for me. I'm fine with it. You still see a lot of the same characters and everything. So I was just super excited because I was, I try to get all the covers for it too. Like I see the aftershock people when I go to Baltimore Comic Con all the time, and I'm like you know, what variants do you have? Cause I like, I don't have these ones. So like I try to get all the exclusives, but the only one that eluded me was the grumpy cat one. It was um, the one with grumpy cat and a buddy of mine had it. And then when grumpy cat passed away, he's like, here, I know you've been after this book and I'm purging some in my collection. So I know you can have this book. I'm not going to try to sell it like everybody else. So I did finally get it, but I was very thrilled. That's cool, man. Really cool. I think I, I think you and I have that in, in common, man. Because I, I love to go after covers and variants. And today, today I saw a one in twenty-five. I think the Thor number two issue, and I wanted it, man. But it was twenty-five bucks, and I was like, I already had a big old stack of comics. I'm surprised so I couldn't get it. Bro. Surprised you didn't get it. Bro. Yeah, I'm surprised. Couldn't afford it, bro. This this week, you know, <laughs> it's been a little tight, but yeah. So bro. my comic shop will never get one in twenty-fives. We're just such a small mm-hmm. comic shop that it's not going to happen. We occasionally will, but it's not that often. Um, if I go north of me, they sell most of their variants for cover price, even one in 25 ratios, things like that. If I go to the one that's, you know, like I said, a little east of me, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they'll mark up some, but then some they won't. It just depends which covers they like or not. Right. So it's very kind of interesting. Like you might go in and a one in five is marked up to, you know, five, 10 bucks and the one in 25 is not because they think it was an ugly cover and they just want it gone. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the only uh, variant I picked up this week was the cap one. The cap one. I saw that in yeah. your, I saw that in your pictures. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, superior Sam. Um, so when did, when did this, when did you start this project with superior Sam? Uh, how long ago? So it started in 2014. Um, when I left the police department, I was teaching in an after-school program, and we taught kids math, science, engineering using a Lego-based curriculum. And one of the kids in my program for the two years that I did this, he was on the spectrum, or he was autistic, whichever yeah. one year is easier. But um, he didn't understand why I wasn't going to be his teacher ne- the following, you know, after cause I was leaving to have my leg amputated. So I tried to find him a book and I couldn't find a book that he could understand. I could find, you know, autobiographies, biographies and medical journals, but not a children's book. 
and especially right. not one for somebody on the spectrum. Right. So I, I started to write a story. That's how Sam came was I was trying to write a story that he could understand that broke down the traumatic amputation process kind of step by step, but in a way that wasn't, you know, ultra gory, ultra violent, right. you know, that kids could look at and, you know, understand. I kind of looked at it like the Lion King, how they always use that to explain death to people. Well, right. that's what I tried to do with Sam. So I wrote Sam, you know, I started writing it in 2014. Um, when I went to have my surgery in March of 2015, it got picked up by a, um, a book publisher. I, it was originally published as a children's book. And it was really funny because when they called me to offer me the, the book contract, mm -hmm. I was still high as a kite from all the pain meds that I was taking from the amputation. Yeah. I also have a lot of allergies to pain medication, so it really affects me. So even though I was only taking half dosages of everything, I was kind of high the entire time. So I hung up on them. I, I thought it was a prank call, so I hung up on it. And luckily, they called me back. And so we published it as a children's book. Well, fast forward, we're getting ready to put out the second one, and they go out of business. Oh, man. So luckily, I owned all of the rights to the story still. You know, I had a lawyer look over the contract, and he's like, you own everything. So if you want to do something with it, you just can't use anything they did. So that basically meant we couldn't use the art. We couldn't use like the text that we had done and they had edited, which was great because when you write a comic, you've read it. It's completely different than writing a children's book. So mm. I had to pretty much rewrite the entire thing, you know, to make it fit the comic book format. And the first issue came out late 20, um, fall of 2016. Okay. Okay. And then we've been trying to do two to three issues a year ever since then. But the book is entirely self-funded, you know, only by its sales and what I can put into it. And I do have a Patreon, but it does. I use that more for like hotels and gas money because there's not a whole lot of money on there. But right. it's entirely self-funded. There's no Kickstarter. I tried that for a trade, a collected version, but uh, it didn't work very well. So I've got my goal is to try to relaunch that. But yeah, we try to do two to three issues a year. And each issue is all ages. There's no blood, no gore. No profanity. Right. I always tell people, but there are, there is a little violence because he deals with bullies. So there's, you know, the fights and things like that occasionally, right. even for that part, you can attest if you've read them, there's only really two issues that show like an actual fight, right. you know, right. between right. Sam and the bullies. That's issue two and issue seven. Right. And, right. you know, but I try to tell people, I was like, you know, some of these stories, you can't do certain stories without having some of that. And it is a comic book. But yeah. I tried to make them all all ages. I tried to make them short for the attention span, you know, for the kids that I'm dealing with, not just the kids on the spectrum, but just kids in general seem to have shorter attention spans nowadays. Right. So I'm not trying to write long books, but I'm also trying to write them in a way, too, that if you've never read a comic, if you're an adult or a child, you can read these stories and you'll understand how the pages flow, how to learn to read the word bubbles and things like that. So we try very hard to make these very user-friendly comics and they're all self-contained they mm. build to his bigger world but each issue is its own story right. so yes speaking of you know attention span i i kind of told you this when we messaged but i have a three-year-old son and we sat down uh when i got the issues from you and we we sat there on the couch and he's usually all over the place um but we we sat there i Pulled up Superior Sam issue number one, and he was just, he was hooked. Um, I started reading. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, 
he's he's really smart kid but um we were at issue one and he's like i want he's like more superior sam daddy you know more superior sam so uh we pulled up issue two i think the first night i read you know four issues to him and i was like all right it's, it's bedtime buddy you know <laughs> um but you know he really enjoyed it and it was my wife and i and my son and i when we put him to bed i told my wife i was like this book is really um it's a it's really a teaching tool um there's not a lot of things that like you said there's not a lot of th- comic books specifically um out there uh, for kids that are on the spectrum be able to show this book to my son and and um for him to kind of, we went over the issue where with the sign with sign language, and uh, he's seeing these disabilities in the in the book, and he's in a way, I guess he's he's like he he's already looking up to Superior Sam, you know. And what other what other book does that, you know, like um, where he's he's actually regarding somebody. Uh, I mean, just in our society, there's always a stigma, right? If we're being honest, there's a stigma with um, you know, people, um, with, with disabilities, unfortunately. Um, so this, when, when my wife and I read this to him, I'm like, man, this, this book, this is like beyond comics. It's kind of what I tweeted out the other day. What you're doing here is beyond comic. Um, if more children, if more parents could read this to their kids, um, it would also, you know, help kids to, uh, as they go, as they grow into, you know, going to school to approach, um, to approach these, these other type of, um, I, keep, I hate to keep saying disabilities because it's, I mean, there are challenges, right, that, that others are facing, but um, just to, to approach it a different way. And the way that you're writing this book um, with Sam being brave as he is. And the only thing I had to tell my son is you don't go jumping off a, a playground, you know, because he was, he was already, uh, he's like, he's like, I'm going to jump off the couch, Dad. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I give the same disclaimer, and I also give the, if your kid says they're going to dress up like Superior Sam, you need to go watch the power tools. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, Because I've Um, had a few kids show up in costume, and I'm like, and they're like, I could do better next year. And I'm like, oh, no, I know what better (laughs) is, and no, we don't need that. Right. But no, that that means a lot to me, what you're saying and everything, because that's the goal of it. You know, for me, it's to highlight, I tell people that, my goal for the comic is to highlight people with the disabilities in a right. positive way, but also to show them in a way that they don't need superpowers. Comic books are great ambassadors for people with disabilities. When you look at the X-Men, if you look at, you know, any of the X-Men, you look at the winter soldier, you look at Deathlock, you start to look at some of these characters and, and in real life, these people would be outcasts. They would be freaks. Right. They would be disabled. But in comics, they're the heroes. They're the villains. They're the people that these people are looking up to. So comics is actually very progressive in that. But what Mm -hmm. I tried to tell people was, is when I did mine, I wanted to do it in a way that they didn't need superpowers to make them feel special. Just to show people, you can be like these kids, you know, and hopefully in the end, you know, society's a little better for it. But one of the biggest things that I did with it was when I was a cop, we used to get people all the time that would, you know, they would point their parents, they'd be parents and they would point to their kids and go, if you're bad, he's going to take you to jail. (laughs) And we always would walk up to him and go, Hey, Hey, look, you know, we'd get down on the kids level and be like, Hey, look, um, you know, we do deal with bad people, but you remember if anything ever happens, don't be afraid to come tell us what's wrong or come to us if you see us. And they'd be like, why'd you, why'd you do that? Why'd you contradict me? 
I was just joking. And I'm like, well, it's important because if you scare your kid from the police and say they run away and we find them, but you know, they don't want to come out of the hiding spot, you know, it could be a big problem. So we're like, don't do that. And I'm like, but when I go to stores and I, you know, I, I I'm out and about, like, if you ever see me, I wear shorts everywhere unless I'm doing a presentation or I'm at work, but I wear shorts everywhere. People, you know, I get kids that point at me and stare at me and you always get the hush, you know, like the parents hushing their kid from pointing. And I'm like, Hey, look, it's okay. I hand them my business card and I'm like, look, I do a kid's comic all about, you know, someone like myself that's missing a leg. There's lots of other stuff. You can go online. You can read the first couple issues for free. You know, if you want to try to explain to your kid what's wrong with me and I don't mind it, but I do know some disabled people, they get really mad if you, you know, you stare at them, you point at them and things like that. And it's just, you know, I try to tell them, I'm like, you don't have to get upset. They're not doing it intentionally. They just don't know because they weren't exposed. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's what this book it's doing, you know, uh, it's like I said, showing it to my son, it's giving that exposure and, and a positive light. And I'm able to, you know, I'm able to use that as a teaching tool to tell him, you know, what these, these are the, these are the kind of kids that are out there also son. And, um, they are heroes, you know, they're just like you, you're like, he's, I always tell him he's a superhero, right? So, so he's looking well, that's at, great. I mean, that's the reinforcement you want to give your kids. Right. Exactly. So, um, this book, when I, like I said, when I read it, I was like, man, this is, this is really good, man. And I, I wanted to tell everybody about it. Um, and like I asked, I asked you, you know, when are the, uh, the issues coming out? Cause you know, I've told a few people about it. I have a coworker that she is a, uh, American sign language major. And, uh, I kind of gave her a little glimpse of the, uh, the, was it issue uh, six? It's six. Right. Issue six. Um, and I was like, man, this is, and I was asking her, I was like, is this, uh, I was doing the little signs that are in the book. And I was like, is this accurate? And she's like, yeah. she's like, that's perfect. You know, like the way the descriptions that were given in the book, I mean, it was just very well done. But, so I uh, actually have a friend who is deaf and he's the inspiration for the character. That's the thing. Almost all of the characters in my comic are based off somebody I know. Okay. And I have permission and things like, that. but I do awesome. have a friend, his name is Michael he's deaf. I actually met him at a signing. He had just come to meet and everything. And we were talking and everything. And my girlfriend's a lot better at sign language than I am because her uncle's deaf. And he was talking to me about just how he runs a, um, I cannot think of the name. I knew you put me on the spot on this one, but (laughs) he has a thing where he teaches celebrities. It's called famous flying hands. That's the name of it. But he teaches celebrities how to say their name and what they do. Because okay. he loves to meet people like that, but he said it's always discouraging when they don't know how to talk to him. Right. You know, like it kind of hurts him a little bit and everything. And mm. he's just trying to help them and teach them. And he's met way more famous people than me. And, you know, he taught me how to do say my name and what I do and everything. But we became friends and I was telling him, you know, how he talked about how he looks like everybody else, but he doesn't fit in because he can't talk like everybody else and right. how isolating it would be. So I wrote a story just showing how the little things like going online and learning how to say hello can make a difference for somebody. And he's the inspiration, but he and I actually got together and we spent about an hour and a half and basically just ran through him signing and me taking pictures and him breaking it down, how to explain to people, because that was what we wanted to do with that issue is use it as a tool not only did we teach you that little lesson about how to, you know, the little things can make a big difference, 
but we wanted to teach you the sign language in it. And then if I'm not mistaken, there's even an ad for his website in the very back of the book yeah. as well. I saw that. Yep. It's, it, Which yeah. he never knew we put in. We did that as a, as a very surprise thing to him. That is awesome, man. That is really cool. You, so yeah, one of my questions was, you know, were the characters inspired by all of them inspired by people, you know, and you just answered that. Um, yeah. So, so Sam is based off of me. Billy okay. is based off of my brother. Uh -huh. um, Sam's mom is based off of my mother. Um, Viva is an interesting character because she is based off of my girlfriend, but my girlfriend actually wanted her modeled off of her friend who is Lebanese. So Viva has, you know, she looks, she doesn't look like my girlfriend, but we used my girlfriend, got to pick the colors for the costume. So we used her uh, college alma mater's colors, which is the pink and the green. And then Michael or Marvelous Michael is based off my buddy, Michael. The mm -hmm. bullies are not based off of anybody, but, and then <laughs> Super Silas is actually based off of a child who he's part of a group called Tiny Superheroes and he is a fan of the series. And his name is Super Silas. And he's, a, um, he's six years old. Yeah, that's issue eight. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah, that's issue eight. Yeah. Now, Last you do see him. He's on the cover of five, and he's in seven. But issue eight is all his book. And he does have a kidney issue, which does affect his kidneys. And when I first met him, he actually had just left dialysis, and he's a big superhero fan. So they took him to Comic-Con as a reward for having a good dialysis. And we were talking, he said, hey, I'm going to be in a comic book one day. And I'm talking to a four and a half year old. Wow. And I was like, that's really cool. And, you know, and then it was really weird because my girlfriend just looks at him and kind of goes, so what's wrong with you? Because, I mean, you could tell like <laughs> something wasn't right. And I was like, hey, that's not really a fair question. She's like, I'm yeah. just curious. And, his, you know, his, he explained and his mom explained. And, you know, I went home that night and I texted my buddy who did the art in the comic. And I was like, hey, I met this kid. And listening to him talk and just how positive he is and everything, we need to put him in the book. He, he was telling me that his goal was to be in a comic. So mm -hmm. he was on board as soon as I, you know, I sent him the email, you know, and kind of told him everything. But so I went to Silas's mom and I said, hey, look, it was really nice to meet you. Um, I talked with my artists and look, we don't have a big comic book, but we would love to put your son on the cover of the next issue. And then if possible, try to work him into the series. And Silas took that as, I'm going to get to my own story. Hmm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> because, you know, yeah. I've mapped out 14 issues ahead. Wow. But it was like, all right. Um, so, yeah, you're on. The, he's on the cover of five. And then every time I see him, he's like, so where's my book? When, when's me? When's it me? And I'm like, we're working on it, buddy. We're working on it. But it was important that we got the first seven done because that was part of the original story. I wanted to finish that up. And then I kept telling him, dude, it's done. Eight is yours. Mm. I was like, but one of the biggest pressures for me was, was this kid going to live long enough to actually see the book? Mm. You know, because like I said, he does have a kidney disorder and his kidneys don't work right. And he's been in and out of the hospital several times, you know, and he's kind of like my little buddy. When I see him, you know, I'm always excited to see him. And even if I have a crappy show, I see him and I know he's having a good time and he's alive and it just makes the worst times, the best times, you That's know, awesome. kind of deal. So, but this is his issue and I'm actually going to see him at the show that it debuts at because 
What's funny is, is I'm looking at a box of his comic right now, and I could easily put it on sale a lot sooner than I am. But I feel that he should get the first physical copy that goes to market. Yeah. yeah and then on a- top of it, I'm giving him a bunch extra. Like we always do. We do it big for Silas. Anytime he's in a book. So when it was five, he got a bunch of copies to give to his family, to his friend, his friends and things like that. And when he was in seven, we did the same thing. And he's going to get a bunch of copies this time as well. He doesn't pay for anything. You know, this is just something that I, I built into the budget. But, I, you know, I want this kid to feel like he really is the superhero that he is. So That's so cool, Chris. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's uh, funny that you say all that because that's that's kind of the theme that I got out of all the books. You know, uh, I was really impressed even from issue one when you you can see the the, the kid in the book, you know, that he's – He's very confident, like most kids are at that age. You know, they, they don't know all the all the crap stuff that happens in life yet. You know, they haven't been all through all the letdowns. They haven't been through all those things that kind of like make us all jaded along the way. And uh, yeah. I think that, that, you know, through through all the books, you know, and I, I was really impressed even with with the uh, with the last issue um, because that's how you, you capture how kids really are. I mean, they are loving. They are. They look to help people no matter what they're going through. They're, you know, it, it makes me really uh, put things in perspective for my own family and for myself even to appreciate that. Because, you know, I have five kids and none of them have ever been, you know, I mean, yeah, they've had cold and stuff, but they've never been like sick in a major way. And I appreciate that, you know, but it also makes me realize that there's people out there who aren't, you know, who haven't had that kind of life, you know, and it makes me just be more appreciative and, and just, you know, put it in perspective. Put it in perspective. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, you know, I yeah, really, when I, I got hurt, I got really humbled. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I know we're getting a little over as far as the YouTube thing, but um, I got invited to go speak at the children's wing of the hospital where I lost my leg. And mm-hmm. I was just going to do story time and everything. And I drove the, the 40 minutes to the hospital and everything. And I got up there and I went through all the screening and everything we had to do. And they had explained to me all the rules. And they're like, now, look, these are sick kids. You can't touch them. You know, they're going to basically just come sit down. You stay here. You read there kind of deal. Mm. And we waited about 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and nobody came. And um, the nurse walked in and she goes, look, I'm really sorry that you drove all this way. Um, we have a short, we don't have a whole lot of kids in the wing at the moment. And the ones that we do have are in isolation and they can't leave their rooms. And I looked at her and I was like, so let me get this straight. I drove 40 minutes over here for you to tell me there aren't enough sick kids in the hospital to come see me speak. And you're apologizing to me. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, that's a fantastic that you don't have enough sick kids in the hospital. That's great. I was like, I'll drive an hour every time if that means less sick kids are in the hospital. I got no yeah. problem with that. I was like, now, by the way, can I go put on one of those suits and go interact with them? And she's like, no, 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 we can't do that. Like, they're strict isolation. You can't go in. I was like, I'm willing to wear the suit, you know, and she's like, <laughs> yeah. we can't do it. But, like, they felt horrible, and I'm just ecstatic that there weren't any sick kids, enough sick kids in the hospital to come see me. I was like, this is amazing, you know, so. Right. It's cool, Chris. I mean, and I know you, you know, I don't, you're probably too humble to, to accept this, but man, I, you, you really are the true superhero, man, for, for, for real, man. Um, we, like I said, we've, Oscar and I both talked about it and we're like, man, 
Chris is a uh, he's he's really doing something here that you know it, it like I like I put in that tweet man it's bigger than comics um, we appreciate it and I know like I said we've told other people about it uh, we want to tell our comic book store about it um, to try to get that try to spread the word on Superior Sam man it's really it's really special for sure yeah it's uh you know it's 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 one of those things that. You, I'm sure that when you got injured, I'm pretty sure you had those questions, you know, like a why, you know, why did it happen or whatever. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know your life completely, you know, just just from what you shared with us. But if I just I'm just very impressed and I, I really do want to say thank you for for the things that you are out there doing and, and pushing, uh, because so many people in their life, uh, they really they really miss the mark. Sometimes they don't they don't meet. Um, they don't meet their potential and they sometimes they miss the mark, you know, but you're out there doing, doing a lot of the things that a lot of people wish they could do and they, and they never have the, the boldness to, to go out and do it, you know? So my hat's off to you, man, uh, for all the work that you're doing and for the way you're giving back to kids who, who are less fortunate, of course, you know, and, and, um, you know, like I said, whatever we can do to, to help you, um, even with what little we got, you know what I mean? We're, we're in, you know, we want to see you succeed and, and uh, you know, just really impressed with with the uh, with your work, man. Well, thank you guys very much. Um, for me, you know, I try to be very humble about this. <laughs> like, I always get I, I turn red. Like, I'm red now. Like, I'm kind of blushing because, like, I, I'm not used to this kind of thing, you know. And I tell people all the time, I take the same approach that I took to when I was a cop. If I can help one person and make their life turn to a positive then I've accomplished everything that I need to do in my police career. And I had a supervisor that told me that he told me how that, you know, that that's how he looked at all his officers. If you have one person for the positive and you make a difference, it's worth every dime we spend on you to hire you and to train you. And he's like, all we ask is, is once you help that person, you start over again. And that's mm. the exact same approach I take with the comic. I don't care if the comic doesn't sell I don't care, you know, if the comic, you know, certain issues are a flop, doesn't matter to me. If that issue makes a difference for one person, it's worth everything that we put into a book. And I've met so many people over the years, and I've been extremely appreciative to be able to make an impact on their lives for the positive. You know, I've met people with that, you know, openly admit to having disabilities that they never have told people about. And I've seen people that are like, oh, you know, maybe I need to go apologize to this person because I treated them wrong. And I've mm -hmm. met kids that are, you know, are like, I used to be a bully and I don't pick on people anymore because I see that it does hurt people. So that, right. that's how I look at it. And the biggest thing I always tell people, if you ever want to say thank you to me, just tell somebody about the book. This book, when I tell you, so I'm not a big social media person. Don't let my Twitter game fool you. I really don't understand how it works. I yeah. like Instagram because it's not politics and I can just post pictures of what mm -hmm. I like. Yeah. But like, I don't really do Facebook anymore. It's, I only have it because I need it for teachers and school visits and things like that. But I tell right. people all the time, it's just, please tell somebody about it. You know, I don't have the money to put into an advertising campaign and word of the mouth means more than what I can pay somebody to say about my product. When it comes from somebody else, that's a better recommendation than anything I'm ever going to buy. So definitely, well, you definitely have two fans here in in San Antonio, Texas, man, and we uh, we love the book. My son loves the book. My family loves the book, and 
we're going to tell, uh, I'm going to tell everybody that I know. I mean, I got nephews, nieces, cousins, um, and I definitely want, want this to be spread uh, as much as possible, as much as we can do. We're going to try to do that, uh, Chris, because like I said, it's not, uh, we're not just, uh, just trying to, you know, inflate your head or your ego. It's, uh, it really did have an impact on us and, and we do appreciate it. Um, if you, where can people, where can people find you on social media, Chris? So my Twitter is just my name, Chris Barkham. Um, my Instagram is CB author or Chris Barkham. Like I said, I do have Facebook. It's just under Chris Bar Chris Barkham author. I don't use it a whole lot. So if you're really trying to find me, Twitter, Instagram, or you can go through my website, chrisbarkhamauthor.com. Those awesome. are the easiest ways to reach me. And I'm not somebody I really, it stresses me out if I don't answer your messages fast. So I try very hard <laughs> to um, reply to people. So, Gotcha. And, and the other thing too is you can read these books for free. I want to point that out. I don't, I'm not asking for your money. There's a reason we put these books for free is because I know what it's like to have hospital bills or not have a lot of money growing up. So you can read these comics for free. The first six issues are on Webtoon and Tapas to read for free. So, wow, that's incredible. And uh, so tell us again, where can, where can people find the book? What's the website? It's so you can find it on my website, chrisparkhamauthor.com. It's okay. available on Webtoon, Tapas. Um, I have an Etsy store where I sell all the comics from. You can get it on Comixology and digitally through Comixology. And then you can also get it digitally, certain issues through Etsy as well. Awesome. And we will have your link for your website and for Etsy in the description of this video. Um, so people yeah, and can go on all there. the links are on the website too. Awesome. And they can go visit your website and we'll try to get you some, get you as much support as we can, Chris. No problem, guys. I really had a great time talking with you. I want to come back and talk comics because I feel like we're going to have a lot of things in common. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm a big good. Marvel guy, but next to Cap, it's Batman for me. Awesome. So man. Like, and, and I know you hold that Scott Snyder Batman pretty high. I'm uh, more than glad to talk with you about it. So, But no, okay. I would love to just sit back, talk comics. And I think what you guys are doing great, like I told you, and I'm not trying to inflate you any, your video about what it was like to walk into a comic store mm. is spot on the money. Awesome, I know yeah. many a person that go into the wrong store first yep, yeah. and they never come back. And that's my biggest pet peeve with comics. I tell people this all the time, right? You need to find the store that's going to help you the most. Don't get discouraged. If you walk in the wrong store, right? Go to yeah. another store, find that store. That's the thing with comics. That's how this industry grows. It's people taking the time to talk to people. And my biggest pet peeve is when you go into a store and they're like, oh, you just watch the TVs and the movie shows. Right. No, that's not yeah. what you do to those people. That's a right. jumping on point to help that's, them finding the comic yeah, they want. Yeah. That's, you know, that's don't just go, oh, that's all you know about. And then, you know, that's not yeah. my thing. So, yeah, I would love to come back and just talk comics. Because yeah, that's it. my thing. Like that's yeah. the real fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. We will, we will get you back on, and we will talk. We'll talk Batman, Cap, Captain America, whatever you want to talk yeah. about, man. We'll, Wolverine, Wolverine. Wolverine yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. I, I, I. So look, I don't do many X Men books. Like I get the main title, and I get Fallen Angels because I'm a big X twenty three fan. But I will tell you this. If you ever go on my Instagram and you scroll through my room to my pictures of my office and everything where I film a lot of videos and talk from, 
there are only two out of context pieces on my wall that don't fit the theme of Captain America. And mm-hmm. one of them is my Steve McNiven old man Logan print that I got from the hero initiative as a gift. Okay. And then I also have mm-hmm. a Superman 10, the first meeting at the super sons print as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Everything else is cap. But awesome. I tell people all the time, they're like, these don't fit. And I'm like, no, no, they fit me great. Cause <laughs> yeah, exactly. They fit. Old man yeah. Logan's probably the ultimate Wolverine story in my opinion. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Same, same here, man. We, we hold that really high on our, uh... that's the first love for me. actually. Yeah. Old yeah. Man Logan. So, so I'll tell you this, when I started at my, my comic shop, when I got the, my buddy gave me the job and everything, he's like, look, Chris, I know you only read Marvel. He's like, if you're going to work here, you got to read some stuff other than Marvel. And he's like, and specifically, you got to stop reading Cap and Avengers. Like, you got to branch out of those. Because I only got like seven or eight titles when I started at the shop. Now I get just under 100 books a month. But he's like, here, here's Batman, the Court of Owls. And he's like, here's Wolverine, Old Man Logan. Start with these, read these, and then come back on Tuesday when we put books away. We're going to talk about it. And that was how it was. And that old man Logan story always has a place in my heart, just like that Scott Snyder new 52 run. Right. Right. Well, we will, like I said, we will get you back on Chris and we're going to talk more about, more right. about comics and then we're going to have a good time. So again, thank you so much for being on the, on the show with us and um, good luck to you. We're going to pass on the word and we'll, we're going to try to get you as much exposure as we can for sure. I appreciate it. you guys have a good night. And like I said, you need something, just let me know. Sounds Sure. Appreciate it. Have a good evening. And there you have it, my friends. I told you that was a super cool episode. Chris is a great guy, um, better than most of us, to be honest with you. Um, Make sure we go out there and support him. There's going to be some links in the description that you can go to his website and purchase some of those issues of Superior Sam. Thank you again for coming on the episode with us, Chris. We really enjoyed our time, and we will be seeing you again. For all of our friends out there, make sure you go like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube. Uh, Like us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And we will see you next time on Lost in Comics.